Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, doll? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast version 211, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertain people. Oh, we will dazzle and entertain you today. We've got all sorts of things to get into. we got a Cowboys conversation that... I think once we get into it, we'll all raise an eyebrow. Got some weird things to get to in the block. ESPN's Todd Archer is going to join us. But before we can do any of that, we must tell you all about our friends at Greening Law. Did it happen? Were you hurt in a car accident? Were you at a business and something fell off the ceiling and landed on your head? You're like, what the hell? As the blood trickled down your face. I, I don't know what happened to you. But I can tell you this. If insurance companies are giving you a call, like, hey, uh, can, we, can we help you? Can we do something here? You need to call Greening Law, the green team. Let them be your fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies. Yeah, that's, that's the smart thing to do if you ask your boy. And here's why, man. It doesn't cost you anything. Not a nickel, not a dollar, not a quarter, nothing. To pick up the phone, dial a number, give them a call, and say, hey, green team, here's my situation. What do you think? And they'll either tell you one or two things. Yes, we think you're a great fit for us. Come aboard. We welcome to have you as a client. And no, we don't think it's quite such a good fit. Good luck and, uh, and you know, wish you well. Uh, but if they take you on as a client, oh, 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 is it your lucky day? Because they're going to grind for you because they don't get paid unless you get paid. And as Matt will tell you, they give you the answers that you didn't even know you were supposed to ask questions about. The consultation, absolutely free. Give them a call today. 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900, Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. So we're going to start you off here on this episode with the Cowboys conversation. You had the article that dropped today in the Dallas Morning News. Stephen Jones, and I will say this, Stephen Jones is a master, I feel like, at giving clues. And <laughs> he does this in a way because he won't answer some questions, but other questions he has no problem saying certain things about. The biggest example that I can remember about this is when they were talking about Des Bryant. And, and you could tell from the way that, that Stephen Jones had answered questions about Des Bryant, they were going to move on from him. Yes, sir. You had the article about Amari Cooper and how it appears that the Cowboys are going to move on from Amari Cooper. There's nothing official on this. They can have him on until March 20th. You got to get rid of him before the fifth day of the new league year. 
Otherwise, his money kicks in. So they've got a couple of weeks. But let me throw something out here because this is what he had to say basically about Amari Cooper saying that it would be it's too early to address that. He also said that about Demarcus Lawrence kind of noted there were lots of moving parts and guys that make the most money get scrutinized. He was then asked about Ezekiel Elliott. This is how he answered about Ezekiel Elliott. I want that guy on my team. He's a competitor. He's a damn good running back. Obviously, his money is guaranteed. He's going to be here. There's no question. <laughs> Little different than how he explained Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence. Dude, and that's uh, that's why, you know, if you just listen, you can get a feel for what they're doing. Uh, you can't always get a feel for why they're doing it, but you understand what they're doing. Clearly, 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 they've got to make some salary cap moves and free up some room up under the cap so that they can, uh, you know, get a few guys in free agency, take care of a few of their own guys, you know, be it Randy Gregory or whomever, and uh, and do business and operate as their business. And so we understand that. Um, I think um, they, but Stephen told you a lot, man. And as as we were saying during the Des Bryant stuff, like he sh- and he did it again, like. You ask him about Zeke. He don't have no trepidation there telling right. you what's going on. So if you got trepidation, that means you can pretty much say, I don't know if they both won't be here, but something's going on with both of those players, and uh, they won't be here under their current contracts. I do, I do feel that's pretty accurate. Right, and, and here's the exact quote from Stephen Jones. And, and this is, again, think about the exact quote I just gave you about Ezekiel Elliott. Here's his exact quote about if he expects Cooper to be on the roster in 2022. It's too early for me to address that. We're continuing to have conversations. A lot of things affect that in terms of we've been so fortunate to have these great receivers. Obviously, that is hard to keep doing under a salary cap. And then again, you look at what he said about Zeke. Oh, Zeke's great. Like, Zeke's going to be on this team. His money's guaranteed. He's, <laughs> I mean, they, they can answer questions without answering questions. And, you know, you had the article that dropped today on the Dallas Morning News talking about this. And I don't even know if you've seen the headline on it, but the headline is if Cowboys part ways with Amari Cooper, the biggest losers will be Dak Prescott and the offense. And, and this is basically, in your words, that Dallas will be choosing Kellen Moore and what he is about and his scheme over Amari Cooper and his abilities. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt, man, because there's a quote in there. Um, since you've got it up, why don't you read the quote from Stephen Jones? It's about three paragraphs on the bottom. All right, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Here we go. Here's what Stephen Jones had to say, and this is what he told reporters at the Combine in Indianapolis. I think it's just an offensive philosophy, and when we had the skill players that we had between Kellen and Dak, there is a progression of where you threw the ball depending on how the defense played you. It would point the ball to certain places where, hey, if they're going to double over the top here, that's going to dictate where the ball goes here. So I think it's more of a system deal. It wasn't a thing where we said, hey, we're not going to target Amari as much. Can I tell y'all something? This is just me. This is just your boy right here. Any system, don't give a dag on whose system it is. Pick a guy, Bill Walsh. You know, any of the offensive geniuses. Paul Brown. I mean, how, how bad far back you want to go? Um, if the system does not put the ball in your best player's hands on the regular, then it's a f- – I almost cursed. I mean, I guess I can. I mean, technically, I if you feel the need to emphasize it, you can. <laughs> it, it's There's no FCC it's, regulations here. It's just a messed up system. And it's a system that needs to change because – and here's what kind of got caught up. And there's – there's no way, this is just your boy again, Matt. There's no way 
at the end of the year, Dalton Schultz and Amari Cooper should have the same number of targets. If they do, something's fucked up, period. And to your point, and you point this out in your article, they had the exact same number of targets. Amari Cooper was targeted 104 times this season. Dalton Schultz was targeted 104 times this season. CeeDee Lamb led the team with 120 targets. What I think is interesting about what Stephen Jones had to say, oh, well, they're doubling over the top here, so we can't throw that or we got to go over here. Why wasn't that a problem for the Rams on their winning drive of the Super Bowl? Bruh. bruh. And you start looking at this. Now, Amari Cooper played in 15 games, okay? And so he had 104 targets in 15 games. That's seven targets a game. Cooper Cup had 191 targets. He played in all 17 games. He led the NFL in targets. That's an 11 targets a game average. He was by far the leader. But even then, you look at this, nine players had more than 150 targets last year. Devontae Adams had 169. Justin Jefferson had 167. Stephon Diggs had 163. I thought DJ Moore in Carolina, who's got nothing around him, and Christian McCarthy was injured half the year, McCaffrey, DJ Moore had 163 targets when he was the only person on their offense that could get the damn ball. Now again, again, the Cowboys, Kellen Moorhead, we like to take what the defense gives us. We don't want Dak forcing the ball into tight spots, uh, you know, and throwing interceptable passes, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I get, I get that. I see that. But the fact remains, you pay dudes a certain amount of money because of their skill set and what they are able to do. Uh, let's look at the Rams, man. We all remember it, all of us who watched the Super Bowl. Fourth quarter, world championship on the line. Where did Matt Stafford go with the ball? He went to Cooper Cup. Over and over and over and over. And you know what Matt Stafford is quoted as saying? Now, I don't have an exact quote, so I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to get the damn ball to Cooper on this drive. I don't care what the coverage says. He literally said that or some semblance of that after the game. Like, the game's on the line. I got to get the ball to Cooper Cup. I don't care what they're doing to try to take away from him. I'm getting it to my guy. Now, we got to tell you, bro. This is not all Kellen Moore, but it's a lot of Kellen Moore. Dak Prescott also plays a role. Oh, yeah. Dak Prescott. And this is the same thing, make you laugh, make you cry, Matt. If we rewind back to 2016, why was one of the reasons Des Bryant, like, it's no need to keep him. He's not putting up any numbers. Part of that is Dak ain't Tony Romo, meaning Dak has an aversion to throwing the cats who are covered. That ain't what he liked to do. Hey, Dak, Dak, throw it up, it's Dez. Even if it looks like he's covered, he'll go get it. Nah, fam, I'm good. I'm going to go over here where it's, where it's wide open. And I don't have to worry about whether he can get it or not. This one I know I can complete. So fast forward to 2021 season. I think a lot of that is Dak going, hey, the coverage is this. The first read is, uh, you know, whomever. Okay, boom, that's where I'm going with the ball. Whereas going as opposed to saying, hey, the first read is going to whomever, but damn, I want the ball. I want Amari to get the ball and see if he can make something happen. So, boom, I'm going to go over here regardless of what the read yeah. says. And when I get to the sidelines, it's like, Kevin, I want the ball in the best player's hands, dog. If you, if you don't like that thing, call some plays to get the ball and make Amari the first read or however he gets it done. The, the reality of it is to me, and again, you know, this is really interesting because what happened in week one? They go on the road in Tampa, first game of the season for the NFL. Amari Cooper had 17 targets in one game. He ended up, I think he had like 13 catches, had 138 yards. Cowboys are neck and neck, and they lose on a last-second field goal. But reality of it was, after that, and this is where I thought this was stunning. 
It's not just that they're not giving him a lot of targets. And I use DJ Moore as an example because Carolina's offense is not good. When Christian McCaffrey isn't in the game and he's injured a lot, Carolina basically had DJ Moore and a bunch of dudes out there just hoping. DJ Moore played on a so-so offense and still got 163 targets a game. He never at all in a single game this year did DJ Moore have fewer than seven targets in a game. Now, he didn't catch, his catch radius or percentage of that was a little lower because of the quarterbacks that he's playing with Sam Darnold and who would fill in for Sam Darnold and all that. Amari Cooper played in 15 games. In more than half of them, he had fewer than seven targets. Dude, that's what I'm saying. You got If you're paying a dude $20 million, you got to make him a priority. Now, back to my original point of the piece today, Matt. Kellen Moore, like a lot of these cats, has decided that his system is better than the players. I mean, that's really what, I mean, we can say it a thousand different ways, but bottom line, he's going, screw the players. My system is so good, it'll get guys open and we'll move the ball up and down the field. And, hey, Matt, we finished number one in the league in yards, number two in points. You know, stop hating, bro. That's what you're doing. It's just pure hate, Matt. Mm -hmm. And we'll be like, Kellen, you're a good dude, bro. This is not a personal thing. We watched the last 12 games, bro. Y'all ain't do shit on offense against teams that matter. So your system's not all that great. All right. Uh, in part, because why? You don't take advantage of your best players. I mean, look at CeeDee Lamb in the playoff game. Four targets, one catch. Fuck out of here, man. You pick Tony Pollard over a hurt Zeke. Come on, man. Fuck out of here. What are you doing, dog? You can't be an offensive genius and claim all the credit for your system working if your system really ain't working. You're trying to be a head coach. Do what's required to get the best players to ball score a lot of points against good teams, win a lot of games, you get the head coach's job that you covered. I mean, it's the simple philosophy. It's that old Nick Saban story that he tells where he learned back in high school. It's yes, not about yes, the play. Yes. It's about the player. And you, if you want to have success, it's not about the play that you call. It's about getting the ball in the hands of your best playmakers and letting them make the play. Well, go tell the story, Matt. It's the championship game. I'll tell it for you since I'm already started. Yeah, go ahead. It's a championship game, and Nick is a quarterback. He's got an all-state halfback and an all-state running back. They call a timeout. It's the last play. He trots over to the sideline. Coach, what do you want? Coach looks at him and says, Nick, I don't care what you call as long as you get the ball either to our wide receiver or our halfback. Whatever play you want to do that does that, I'm all good with it. So he went back to the hole. He picked one of those guys. They scored the touchdown. They win the game. And that's what the lesson is. It ain't about the play. It's about the players. Get the ball in the hands of your best players with regularity, and good things will almost always happen. Which is exactly how the Los Angeles Rams won this year. You don't think that Cincinnati was like, hey, we got to do whatever we can to slow down Cooper Cup. We got to stop Cooper Cup. They're going to try to get him the ball. And they didn't, oh, oh no, there's people over there trying to get, well, let's go over here to this other guy who's not as good and that we're not paying as much as Cooper Cup. No, they force-fed Cooper Cup the ball. They were going to live or die on that, and they found a way to go down the field and win. So I guess point being, I feel like Amari Cooper can be that guy, but if they're not going to use him in that role, then quite honestly, there is no reason to have him making $20 million a year on your team. That's correct. Sad but true. And that appears, and we should learn in the next week or two. I mean, we got to know in the next three weeks. We have to know for sure. But it does appear that the Cowboys are setting things in motion to where they would walk away from Amari Cooper. They'd save a bunch of money on the cap and take a $6 million dead hit and, and see where he ends up wandering off into his next stop in the NFL.
Yes, sir. All right. Before we take this trip around the block, let's tell you about a couple of our sponsors. And we told you guys, we told you about these guys. I think it was last summer was Muddy Waters Crawfish. And they're back with us to let you guys know about some of the stuff that they've got going on. Muddy Waters Crawfish is booking right now for private catering, for company events, for birthday parties, for anniversaries, for golf tournaments. They do that classic Louisiana boil and soak method. He's got a customized trainer. They can boil up to 600 pounds at one time, and they also offer jambalaya and pastalaya. All this with Muddy Waters Crawfish. And this is a time of year people start looking ahead to events in the spring and especially the summer. I'm going to tell you this. You want to start booking with Justin and Muddy Waters Crawfish because they will get booked up. Dude, what I like about it, and I sampled this myself, and I may put some pictures up on Twitter because I've got some. They got a tried and true old school method for boiling crawfish. And I got to tell you, I'm not, I've never been a big crawfish guy. No cap. That's young folks understand that. And so when I met Justin last year, I tried him and I said, dude, y'all know how I am. I'm so glad I ain't got to lie to you. This stuff is actually really, really good. I'm not even a crawfish guy. <laughs> That's awesome. No. And then I, this, this is the truth, man. He gave me a big old plate, probably had three pounds on it. So it may have been a couple of plates, but it was huge to take home for my kids because my kids love it. Dude, when I tell you there was nothing left, literally, uh, when I got checked on them a few hours after I got home. And my kids were like, it's fantastic. This is great. Where'd you get these from? You got some more? We're going there tomorrow? And I was like, no, no, no. Just enjoy what you got. It's the way to do it, man. It's easy. The website's easy. You can go on there. You can find them on Instagram, too. If you want to follow them and see the pictures and their crawfish and all that they've got, Muddy Waters Crawfish underscore TX on Instagram, which is easy to go to. Or you can just simply check out their website, which I know a lot of people want to be a part of as well. And you can find that at, is it mudwaterscrawfish.com? I think you missed it when you sent it. It must be muddywaterscrawfish.com. You sent me the wrong link. Damn it. Why did you do this? It's muddywaterscrawfish.com. I thought maybe they, they had a different website, but no, it's muddywaterscrawfish.com. I <laughs> see Matt's yelling at me, and then I'm, I'm, I'm being like, oh, I just copied and pasted with Justin sitting. <laughs> so you can go on there. You can see all the information about it. You can see the pictures of what they do. You can see his trailer and everything and how they make that happen. You can pre-order all that at muddywaterscrawfish.com. So let's take this trip around the block because I've got a few things I wanted to throw out here for you. First off, and you sent me this article, and I, of course I go down the rabbit hole on this. Study finds that Texas is the third most sinful state in the entire country. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? What is that like? Because there's always, these are, surveys like this are interesting to me because it tends to be, in the South, where it'll be like, for instance, like Alabama will have like the most Pornhub visits or whatever, because, <laughs> you know, people are like, they're really sheltered here in some senses about sexuality and things of that nature. But in private, they're like, oh, oh, oh we're all about this. So I thought this was interesting. And this comes from Wallet Hub, who always does these wild ass lists and whatnot. And they put together a variety of different metrics which kind of went off of the seven sins to some degree. Like they, right. rank, they ranked it in anger and hatred, jealousy, excesses and vices, and greed. And so that meant that because of that, and I thought this was interesting, the most sinful state in the country is Nevada. 
because they rank no, they rank number one in greed and number one in jealousy. Like, how do you weigh jealousy? I don't, that's interesting. How many murders? It could be. It, it, it said, <laughs> you know, some states are more well-behaved than others. WalletHub compared the 50 states across 47 key indicators of immoral or illicit behavior. Our data set ranged from violent crimes per capita to excessive drinking to the share of the population with gambling disorders. So all kinds of different things that they weighed here. Right, right, right. But number one was Nevada. Number two was California. Number three was Texas, who... I was trying to see if I could scroll over and what? see what they rank in some of these other categories. I was going to say, I don't feel very sinful. Do you? Uh, I, I mean, well, I don't you're really. You're no longer one of us. You're, you're an Alabamian now. So you yeah, that's true. All, you're probably the reason for that. Oh, um, I see. See, this is weird. You're probably, so, you're probably the reason for that increased Pornhub porn hub number. No, that's uh, that's like, I mean, come on. That, that's like old school. Nobody really goes <laughs> to that one anymore. See how I put that number in the wheel? No, number one. Texas ranked number one in lust. And they were number six in vanity. So apparently yeah. Texas are very lustful people. <laughs> I guess I can co-sign on that. Yeah, this is interesting. So I was trying to scroll down here and see what else if Texas pops up on anything. Like, because they did all this highest average time spent on adult entertainment sites. See, I don't believe this at all. Because lowest average time spent on adult entertainment sites is Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi. There's no way that's true. No, because they ain't got nothing else to do in them states. Yeah, because they always shatter records like after the Super Bowl and stuff like that. Like people immediately <laughs> jump on and go to those things. You read about that all the time. But so anyway, those are the best. Apparently, the least sinful states are Vermont, Vermont, Wyoming, and Idaho. Idaho being the least sinful state in the entire country. Alabama's almost dead set right on average. Alabama ranked as number 26 for least sinful, but they were top 10 in anger and hatred. I can see that. And top 10 in ex excesses and vices. Wow. Yeah, I can see that because, you know, there's a lot of angry and hateful people in Alabama. That's true. Especially in the sticks. <laughs> but then, like, Alaska ranked number five in anger. Why are you angry in Alaska? Because it's cold all the yeah. time and dark, I guess? I don't know. I guess, man. <laughs> I don't know how they did this. There should be no need to be angry over there. That's really nobody, interesting. There's no population for you to be mad at on a regular basis. I was trying to see what the number one state in laziness is. Let me see if I can get this to work here. Number one state in laziness. Let me guess. I think it's... I can't get the scroll to... I think I it's Mississippi. Really, I don't really have a good guess. Let me see. Okay, so there are 13 there. Let me see if that's the same. I'm trying to figure this out. 37 is their score. West Virginia is the laziest state. Interesting. I see. I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have thought West Virginia was lazier than any other state. But apparently Nevada is very sin. Like if you go to, I mean, the sin city is in Nevada. So maybe that's why they have that. The other thing I wanted to bring up is right before I'm driving home from the radio station this afternoon, Jacques sends me a text. I look at it and it's simply just a picture of a can of cherry limeade Waterloo <laughs> that I didn't even know was a flavor. Dude, I walked into um, to a store last night, and it was it's not one of my usual stores, but it's the kind of store I like to walk. It's what is it, Whole Foods Market? I like to, I, don't, I don't know it's not it's not one of my neighborhoods. So I like to stop by there if I'm on my way home and passing one. And I walked in, and they must have been trying to get rid of all the Waterloo, man. As soon as you walked in. They must have had, I'm not exaggerating, Matt, 
200 cases lined up in, you know, this grocery store design kind of thing. Hey, come buy me. And I was like, great. I came to get Waterloo because I know they had pineapple, which is one of my favorites, one of my two favorites. Yeah. And so I went to get it, and I was picking up what I thought was strawberry. And then I sat in the basket and looked at it. I said, cherry limeade? What is this? They tried to sneak past me. And so I ended up with, you guys will laugh at me, I ended up with uh, two watermelon. And they sell them at, at this store, man. They sell them in 12-ounce uh, boxes or whatever. 12, buy, 12, I mean, 12 packs. 12 cans. Yeah, yeah 12 yeah. packs. That's how I like it. I prefer to get them like that. Yeah. So I got two pineapple, two strawberry, which is my second favorite flair, and this one cherry limeade. And as I was checking out, because that's all I bought, dude, I go, I cannot believe I have just spent $36 on water. Man, but see, you drink a ton of it. I, I'm telling you, I don't know. I'm on their website right now, yeah. and they do not have cherry limeade listed as one of their flavors on the Waterloo website. See, you wouldn't even believe me if I hadn't sent you a picture. Because, no, I wouldn't have, because <laughs> I would get that all day. They, they've got, because they have black cherry, lemon, lime, peach, strawberry grape summerberry which if you ever see that for summer is freaking awesome pineapple i've never even had that i tried to get it dude summerberry was awesome pineapple watermelon grapefruit blueberry orange and original which i've, I've never, never seen, seen orange. Ori- i've never seen original i've never seen orange either i would be all over that original is just like basic plain sparkling water like this is insane like how come all stores don't carry all these flavors is what i i need like to know. i've never seen orange Wait, you can buy orange is like my Oh, can you really? Let's see. There's a public supermarket near me with six flavors. Yeah, see, that's the one I try to always well, see, go to because they're the only place I found that has lemon lime that I like a lot. All right, since we, we're, we're talking about waters, what, what are your top five Waterloo flavors? Now, there's a bunch of different sparkling water companies, but me and Matt prefer Waterloo, although I've, I'll drink a little bubbly from here and there, and uh, I'll drink some others. I don't really like La Croix, which I think seems like they started. Yeah, it seemed like they started this whole thing. Um, but I don't like them. Their flavor, to me, their flavor is not robust enough. Uh, so what are your, what are your top five, man? My, the sparkling water is great because it's a great substitute for soda. It's a great way yeah. to get your water in I, I without love it. like regular water. And uh, obviously, soda turned me on to it, man, uh, five or six years ago. And I thought it was gross and nasty and disgusting for about the first three months. And then I finally found one flavor I liked, and then that just kind of branched out from there. Yeah, my, my top five, like for sure, my my top two are lemon, lime, and strawberry. And I would All put right. those like well above anything else that I've had. I probably put, I'll put grape, grapefruit three. I would say lemon, lime, strawberry, and grapefruit are my top three. Watermelon would be four. And then probably peach is my number five. All right. I would, I would go, I mean, they're basically neck and neck for me. Obviously, you can tell watermelon. I mean, strawberry and pineapple are basically neck and neck. Uh, watermelon is sneaky good to me. Very sneaky good. A little underrated, I think. And if you ever p- match that with some watermelon vodka, my God, the flavor just is unbelievable. Yeah, that sounds like um, a tasty treat. Dude, that's my summer alcoholic drink because you got the sparkling water, which got yeah. nothing in it. You got vodka, which basically has nothing in it, and you can have a really nice drink that basically has no calories and no sugar in it. Um, black cherry, man, really, really good to me. And then uh, I'm a big fan of the grapefruit, so that's my top five. 
Yeah, I used to like black cherry quite a bit, but I think I drank it to a point I got burned out on it or something. And now I'm just like, if I could only have three flavors, it would be lemon, lime, strawberry, and grapefruit. But lemon, lime's hard to find. I feel like a lot of people must like oh. it because it's sold out a lot of the times when I go to get stuff. But really? Yeah. See, it, I think it's okay. It's solid. But if I never had it again, I wouldn't miss it. I would miss strawberry and watermelon and man. Uh, and pineapple. And this is weird because I I wish like I just want to go to some place that has it all. Like at some point, maybe I, I wonder if it's if you can go to like Waterloo's plant or whatever, wherever they're based out. I think they're based out of Austin, if I recall right. Right. Like if you just go there and it's like going to like a brewery or something and they've got all the flavors and you get it for like a great price. I wonder if that's possible yeah. to do that. Probably. I got to check into that because if that's true, I mean, because they advertise summer berries on their freaking website and it's not there. Man, I can't figure <laughs> this out. It says contact us. I need to contact them and be like, how do I get more of your flavors? Because this is ridiculous. I want more. Give it to me now. Basically, like it's, it's ridiculous that I've never even heard of Orange Waterloo. Yeah, that's what that's the thing is I don't understand and if you shop now to purchase online, it's basically just taking you to, to places that where they would go that it's around you, like shipped or yeah. Instacart or something. Find a store. Weird, man. Maybe Dude. we'll call them on the podcast sometime and see if we can get to talk to some actual person. Dude, would that be That'd Dude, be hilarious? We just, we just need to do that. Bro. <laughs> we should and be like, hey, we love your we're doing a live podcast right now and we really like your water. What how do we get this? Please tell us yeah. immediately. Oh, I see. So cherry limeade is a new flavor that's releasing in March. And since it's now March, somehow you were on top of it. I got to get that. That's when you go to the hoity-toity store. Okay, they just told me, and I wonder if this is true. They just told me that in Dallas, I can find orange Waterloo. <clears throat> so now you know where to go. South. Yeah, they gave me five spots. But I've done this before when I was looking for that very berry. And I rocked in there, and it was not to be found. So you know what I would do, Matt? I would get on the phone and call the grocery store and be like, hey, y'all got this orange Waterloo? Because if I make a trip there and you don't have it, I'm cutting somebody out. Yeah, I need this. I'm going to have to get this. I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I got to get it. See, I can go to Instacart, but I don't think it's available in my market. And they'll be like, oh, sorry, we don't have it. Right, right, right. God. Anyway, so there's that. And then the other People thing you like, sent me. Did y'all really spend five minutes talking about water? Well, it's the best. And I, I mean, I drink one. Us. I just finished one not too long ago, a strawberry that I have. I, I probably drink three or four of them a day. I probably drink. I'm not even exaggerating. I probably drink uh, five to six a day. Yeah, I believe you. Sometimes I drink more than the three or four. I mean, I drink one in the morning, and then I usually I always drink one when I get home, and I'll drink a couple at night. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's three, four a day for sure. Like, I pulled out two for the show. I'm a big fan of them, man. They're delicious. The other thing that you sent me, and I saw this, is like, what the hell is this? And I don't know. I, I'm trying to – so a comp, it's, an, it's a plant-based dog food company. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll be sending this shit to Matt just to get this his reaction real. half the time. A plant-based dog food company called Omni is offering pet owners over $6,000 for two months for you to smell your dog's poop. <laughs> Participating, you have to be willing to change their canine to your, your animal, your dog, obviously. 
to a plant-based diet and keep track of how the switch affects their poop. And then you keep a log of it and they want you to write down when they go, what it smells like and some other stuff about your dog and whatnot, because they're trying to see <laughs> if this dog food makes a big difference or whatever. Dude, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've heard a lot of things. And I was like, I, I wonder, I mean, that's not, that's not a bad check, man. Are you doing it for that check? So $3,000 a month to sniff their poop, to sniff dog that's a, shit. That's the kind of thing that's to what me we're talking that, about. that sounds great when we're, t- okay, three grand a month for. All that's $36,000 a year, essentially, to smell dog shit regularly. Yeah, that's all I got to do. It seems like I could do that, but everything is, okay, I, don't, don't, don't judge me and laugh, but everything about associated with shit is just gross, man. Like, I, I don't want a dog in today's world for no other reason than I got to pick up his shit and put it somewhere. Like, I don't want to touch it, even with gloves and scoopers. Yeah. And even if you got a scooper, guess what? There's still shit residue on it, which means the scooper stinks, <laughs> and you got to clean it. You got to throw the glove. I mean, I, I really enjoy dogs, but not enough that it's not like babies who no. have diapers. Right. Okay? Diapers are one thing. Like, I'll change the diapers. I never mind changing my kids' diapers. Boom. Diaper need change? Come on, stinky boy. Wipe your butt properly. Let me show you. Have fun while we're doing it. Ha <laughs> I got a giggle. But there's nothing like that for a dog, man. You just got to pick up the thing. And I don't want those little, don't judge me. Don't be mad at me. I don't want one of those little fake dogs. I want a real dog. And yeah. real dogs poop like grown men. Yes, sir, they do poop like grown men. <laughs> I want a real dog. Yeah, man. So I can't, I can't ride with it, bro. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I don't think I could do that. I don't really have any interest in doing that. You know, that, that because then again, you're not talking, it's not once a day, it's multiple times whenever the dog has to go outside, you got to oh, document yeah. it and track it and sniff it and hold it up to your face. You get your now, nose you know, down there. I don't like that. You know, somebody's saying they're doing it, but, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to tell you I'm doing it and collect the money. But they've read enough, I guarantee you, they've read enough journal entries from people who are doing it for real that they know if you're faking it. Yeah, maybe. Or it's just like how you describe, you know, like how I'm good at describing beer. I'll just fake describe you know, a, a pungent smell that smells as though okra has been dipped into a slight bit of butter. <laughs> I noticed this, and then three days later you go, the okra buttery smell is gone and is now being replaced by the stench of fresh asparagus mixed with a bit of fresh cut, cut grass. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You could do something weird like that. Ah, yeah. All right, before we get into our conversation with ESPN's Todd Archer, let's tell you, and this is a big deal because you see this a lot this time of the year especially. As we get through March and April, you're gonna, it's going to rain a lot. It's going to start warming up. And all that, you'll start to notice, especially when it rains a ton, you may have some drainage issues on your property. You may just look at it and go, ah, oh, whatever, it'll soak in. Well, that's also affecting your foundation. And if you're starting to notice things like that and you don't know what to do, you need to give Aaron and his guys a call at HFX Foundation Solutions because they've got a free, no obligation inspection. They can come out and their whole thing is catching these issues early. It's about 45 minutes and they want to save you potentially thousands of dollars in damages because they catch these foundation issues early, they can catch your drainage issues early, and they can help you fix all these things so that you're not paying out the wazoo later on because we all know how, how wonky Texas foundations can be. Dude, and that's why it's good to let Aaron come through 
And let let his people do their thing, man. Let him give your house its own version of colonoscopy. Let him check it from head to toe. Let him make sure that your foundation's straight. Because if it's not, chances are he'll find it before something catastrophic happens. It'll be a fraction of the cost to fix. Or he'll give you a clean bill of health. And you can keep on living life. Uh, without having to worry about, God, I hope my foundation doesn't fall yeah. apart. It, it's, it's easy to do, man. You can jump online. You can check out their website at hfxfoundation.com. Or you can give them a call like, hey, I, I heard about you on Jam Session, and I have noticed some cracks or sticking doors, and I'm a little worried here. 817-770-0174. 817-770-0174. Let them come on out. Free no-obligation inspection. They'll get you taken care of. If you do have a problem... They offer third-party financing, and they will be with you every step of the way to make sure that you get taken care of. It is time. We do it every week. We check in with our ESPN Cowboys insider, brought to you, of course, as always, by Blue Star Motor Group, bluestarmotorgroup.com. Todd Archer joining us here, and he is in Indianapolis this week at the NFL Scouting Combine, where earlier today, as we record this on March 1st, on Tuesday, Mike McCarthy spoke to the media. Did, did you pull any great nuggets away from Coach McCarthy? Learn anything moving forward? Yeah, you know, every now and then he'll he'll break some news on us. And the biggest news he broke was Dak Prescott had left shoulder surgery uh, last week. So, um, you know, that was kind of a surprise. None of us knew that was coming. And you know, then it leads to the natural questions: How much did it bother him last year? Nothing really. It was just kind of an irritant. He said when he was sleeping at times. Uh, and then we'll keep him out of the offseason program this year. And they say, no, don't believe it. Well, there's really no concern of that. So basically a, a cleanup for Dak and the left shoulder. And when they start getting together for on-field stuff, he'll be full bore ready to go. And, and what else do we got? Oh, uh, I, I think this, and, and I'm going back and listening to it now. We had a 15-minute conversation with him at the podium and another, like, say, 20 minutes or so uh, conversation with him after he was done, just the local guys. But the other thing he said is he will be involved more in the uh, – it depends how you want to read into it. He'll be involved more in the offense this year than he has been in his first two years. And I think some of that is, okay, now after year one, clearly Kellen was the guy, so I want to give him some space and give him some ownership. Then year two was I have a new defensive coordinator in here and Dan Quinn. We have a lot of new defensive guys. I need to be involved in that and see where that thing's heading. And now that he obviously feels good where, where Dan Quinn is done – now he'll be, you know, not, not over Kellen Moore's shoulder, but certainly more involved, and that's his priority to be in those meetings more uh, from beginning to end and say not from middle to the end. So it, it, I don't think you'll see him say, get to the point where Parcells would tell Sean Payton, hey, run it here, hey, play action here. But I think you see Mike more involved in the process with the offense than he's been his first two years. All right. Now that uh, you kind of answered it, but I'll probe deeper. So how do you think that manifests itself? Well, I can't see into the future, Jacques, so I don't know how that's going to manifest itself. How about well, that I mean, for an answer? I, <laughs> you mean, got... I was going to say something, but I, I shouldn't say it. <laughs> no, I, 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 and honestly, I mean, I'll say it. I, I don't know how it's going to manifest itself because I don't believe he'll be in Kellen's ear telling him, run it, pass it, play action, you know, take a shot. I don't know. And maybe he's done some of that and we just don't know it, right? But right. I don't think the offense that we'll see on the field in 2022 will look a lot different. I'm sorry, in 2021. I don't think it will look a lot different than we've seen, right? I mean, this is this is the offense. This is what they are. And 
you know, and Cal, he believes Kellen is growing and he's a good coordinator and the things he can get better at. And he thinks by being in the meetings more, his expertise, which he's got the job because of his offensive skills, um, will help Kellen become a better play caller, therefore making the offense better. And one thing he says, like, look, we're, we're starting from a, we're, we're at a starting point where this offense was number one or number two in points and yards per game in the NFL. That's a pretty good place to start at. So you still want to see some answers and accountability into uh, what happened at the end of last year, why the offense wasn't the same. But I think they just put this all under, it's 2022, it's a new season, and let's just move on. Okay, let's talk about Kellen Moore and his offense. That's a good segue, Arch. Congratulations. Good job. Well done. Um, <laughs> I think because Matt and I have been talking about it, it's uh, and Stephen Jones talked about it. Basically, and I'm reading, I'm interpreting Stephen Jones when I go, I don't think we're going to keep Amari because the system that we run on offense doesn't dictate he gets the ball. And to that I say, well, that's kind of a bum system if, if you're not getting the ball to your best players because it's about the players, not about the system, except in Dallas. Right, and I, I think you're, you're spot on with reading into that, and that was my feeling after talking to Steven um, on Monday up here, and it, it, let's use the, the Rams and their Super Bowl winning drive. Odell Beckham's not in the game. Their tight end's not in the game. You knew they were going to Cooper Cup. I assume the Bengals knew they were going to Cooper Cup, and they still got the ball to Cooper Cup. Why is it with the Cowboys when it's a situation where they have to make a play they have to get down the field they have to well he was covered well he was doubled well we, you know we throw to the open guy well maybe sometimes they want you to throw to the open guy because that open guy is not amari cooper so why can't you scheme things up in a manner to which you know cooper becomes the guy and think of the rams touchdown right coop uh that that won the game at least i think it won the game cooper was not supposed to be the receiver on that side to throw the fade to is if Odell was in the game, it would have been him, but they moved Cooper cup over to there and said, we're throwing this ball to you. Right. And, and I think that's been a maddening part of the Cowboys offense. Gosh, hockey, we got to go back to the entire Garrett time from 2007. Play caller. And it's not about, you know, and, and look, we, we say all this and Des for a three year stretch was the best receiver in football under Jason Garrett and had the numbers and had the targets and had the touchdowns. So they've done it. And I assume there were times during that run with Dez that teams doubled him and they took him out of, you know, the reads, but they just threw the ball to him anyway and, and made, made the play. Think of the, the Green Bay game and the, the pass that was called back. It's third, fourth and one, third and one, whatever the heck it was, like fourth and one. And you're throwing, it's single high. Single high tells you you throw to the man covered side and you throw it down the deep and Jack makes the play. Well, right. the, they did all those things, and I don't know if that is a play that Dak would have made or or thrown it to Amari or CD or Michael Gallup in that situation. So I, th- there has to be there has to be an easier way to not. Hmm. How do I say this? You can't. The answer just can't be well. He was doubled. We can't throw it to him. Well, don't let him be doubled. Like move. Do some things. There are things that you guys can do to to put pressure on the defense or take them out of what they want to do and things. So that's, that's, that's a, a long-time frustration with this offense, not just a Kellen Moore frustration, Mike McCarthy frustration. That, this goes back for a long, long time. And, and, we, and I, I say all this when we can point to T.O. 
and his number in the three-year stretch among the best in the game. We I mentioned Dez. I mean, Amari has had moments where he's been unguardable. So they've done it at times. I just don't know why they don't don't or haven't done it more. Do you see this as like Jacques and I were talking about this earlier with the Amari Cooper thing? If this is going to be the offense and this is going to be the system that they use, is that why they're going to most likely let Cooper walk? Because why have a guy you're paying this much on the team if you're not going to force him into the Cooper Cup role or the Devontae Adams role, that dominant number one guy? Right. Yeah, I I mean, that's what logic tells us all, right? I mean, when when you read between lines and you try and add two plus two of what they're saying publicly to come up with their answer of what they're going to do privately here in a couple weeks, that's the only thing that kind of makes sense. Now you go back to the, but how does that make you better? They're not a better team if Amari Cooper is not a wide receiver here. In Twenty, knowing what we know about the roster right now, they're they're just not a better team because okay, if you re-sign Michael Gallup, cool. Well, he's coming off an ACL, and while players can come off ACLs, we've seen it thousands of times now. When's he coming back? Well, you think it might be the you know by the first week of the season? Well, okay, but is he going to be a full Michael Gallup that we know about? Can CD make that jump? So there's. Every time you you, pair, you you pull away one layer of that the Amari Cooper future and what the, what it's going to do, it just opens up more layers of what's the Cowboys' answer to that. And, and that's why – and I think that's what they're going through now when they say, okay, if we get rid of Amari Cooper, what's our answer? And the answer just can't be, well, you re-sign Michael Gallup and you re-sign Cedric Wilson and everything's good. No, you better be – Okay, you're going to do that. Well, you better get a receiver in the first two rounds, a guy that you think can come in and help you right away. And some of that's not predicate. You have no control over that because you don't know who's going to be available at 24 and 52 or whatever their second round pick is. Um, so that, that's they can, and, and I've just done it, and I know they're doing it. You can talk yourself in the circles over this whole discussion about Amari Cooper and what you should do because it makes sense financially to get rid of him if you're not going to play him like like a number one receiver which we talked about last week but it doesn't make you a better team and if everything is about making this team better in 2022 than it was in 21 amari cooper should be here right i mean it logically that makes sense but when you factor in the salary cap and all the other stuff well again more layers to the conversation that you have to have and as we always say, you can only be wrong. You never get, they're not going to be credit for being right if they let go of Amari Cooper and they still have a functional offense. They're only going to be proven wrong if they get rid of Amari Cooper and they don't have a productive offense. It sounds to me, sound being the key word, that they really would like to try to get Cedric Wilson back at a reasonable price. Do you get that vibe? Yeah. Um, you know, McCarthy talked about him today and all the different things he can do and professionalism that he has and the work ethic and you know he, he can play the multiple spots and he's a multi-role player yeah and but you mentioned at the beginning and and you can say it really about all of their free agents what's the price like they want Leighton Van Der Esch back too well what's the price on Leighton Van Der Esch? um and is their price going to match up with the price he's going to get when the market opens and, and so you know Dalton Schultz they'd like to have Dalton Schultz back too I think he if they franchise a player They'll give the tag to someone. It's going to be Dalton Schultz and nobody else because of where that number stands and what he stands to gain on the open market probably falls in line more closely to what the Cowboys would want to do just on a one-year deal. So, But every every, every free agent that they have, they truly do want to keep, but 
Okay, J. Ron Curse, you had a really great season, man. Led the team in tackles, became a leader. Guys looked up to you, responded well to the system. You've done it one year. How much do you pay that guy? And will someone else come in to pay him more? Um, that you know, that's uh, when you get to this point of an off season, you you really have a hard time signing guys unless you blow them out of the water financially because they're three weeks or so or a month away from hitting them open market to where who knows what they're going to get from these teams. And that, that's what's so big about the combine. We talk about legal tampering here in a couple, three weeks or whatever it is. But really the combine is when teams and agents uh, have their whispers and they know who's going to get what. And then they move on when they have the legal tampering to the final stages of getting contracts done. Right. I saw where McCarthy had said whenever you're speaking earlier that looking at top offseason priorities as far as things to improve for the team, clean up penalties being at the top. Yeah. Did, did he offer an explanation for exactly how you go about doing something like that? <laughs> uh, no, um, it, not really. And, and some of it is, well, the guy who led you in penalties probably isn't going to be back uh, in 2022. Uh, so, you know, Connor Williams, that takes 15 penalties or 12 accepted penalties off the books, but the, and it's not so much the unnecessary roughness penalty or the, um, the aggressive penalties or however you want to look at it. Right. It were more what it is, is the, the pre-sap false starts, the jumping off side. And as dumb as it might seem, or as high schoolish as it might seem, I think for them, it comes down to, you jump off sides in practice, you're out for a play. You're out for two plays. You're out for five plays, whatever it is. So you just get it into their consciousness that you can't jump. You can't jump off sides. You can't have a false start. You can't have an illegal shift. You, 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 you know, the penalties that you can control, they know they have to do a much better job of. And I think how they do that, the only way I know how you can possibly do that is emphasize it in practice by taking them out of the lineup and taking their playing time away from them. So then when it happens in the game, you know, and again, it's not there's not going to be penalties, then, then all right, come out for a play, bring in the other guy. You know, there has to be some kind of consequences for doing it uh, or else it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I, th I think that's not bad as long as you're consistent with it. But, you know, the problem is, okay, Zach Martin commits uh, illegal procedure uh, from the two-yard line and the close game. Well, you're not taking him out for the next play. Right. You know, so right. then it becomes like, oh, so this these rules only apply to certain people. Well, yeah, in a way. Well, yeah. yeah. And you're not well, one of those people. No no offense. I, I, I don't treat everybody the same, but I treat everybody fairly. Right? Like Lily would have it, to say it, about it, that. Every, with Jimmy Johnson, right? He's the, for people who love the Cowboys, the Cowboys haven't been the same since he left. And, and Jimmy was – he didn't treat everybody the same. Michael got more rope than – pick a receiver for me, Jacques, from back then. Alvin Harper. He got more rope than Alvin Harper. Troy Aikman made a mistake. Right. So that's that's just how it goes. Yeah, so if your best player is going to have a illegal procedure or a false start or whatever it is, you're going to give him a little, hey, let's go, pat him on the ass. But if it's the the left guard who has 12 penalties, you're going to be like, I'm not right. You're going to turn your hat backwards and you're going to go over the top on the guy. So, you know, um, Rock, Rocky or uh, Sylvester Stallone reference there for went over everybody's head. <laughs> um, you know, but again, it, it has to be maybe the responsibility or the accountability has to start first in practice 
than it does in a game. And that's how else do you do it, right? I mean, I'm, I'm actually honestly asking the question. There's really no other way to do it other than like, sitting the guy. And Garrett would do that and take a guy out for a play or two in practices and hope to get their attention. Um, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But it's not like penalties are a Mike McCarthy thing because they were highly penalized under uh, Jason Garrett. They were highly penalized under Wade Phillips. And they were even highly penalized under Bill Parcells. And Parcells is the one who told us he doesn't coach penalties. So, you know, what, what are you going to do? When we talk about Amari Cooper, you look at kind of how Steven answered the question that he was asked about Amari Cooper. You look at what he said about Zeke. And granted, contract situations are different. He was blatantly obvious, like, Zeke's going to be on the team. He's for sure going to be here. He also really didn't say much about Demarcus Lawrence. Is there an expectation that not only Amari Cooper won't be here, but that they're going to move on from Tank? I don't know about that one. Um, uh, expectation is probably too strong of a way to phrase it. And I think this is a big leak here in Indianapolis for those conversations to see where things go. Um, but we know his cap number is $27 million bucks, and I think his base is $19 million maybe. So – and Stephen wouldn't get into any of the you know individual decisions they have to make, but he's like, look, you guys are on it. It's, you guys know the people who make the most money and where where we have to get uh, issues solved in, in, with the cap. So, yeah, Demarcus is in the conversation. It falls under the same lines of, of what I talked about with Amari. If you get rid of Demarcus Lawrence, how does that make you better? It, it doesn't make you better because he's a really good player. But the layers that we talked about, his cap number, his salary. Um, what it costs to cut him, what it costs to, if you June want him, what it costs to, you know, can you get him to take a pay cut with the ability to make his money back? Does he want to move out of Dallas and have to start over somewhere else after being here for, what are we on, year nine, year, year nine, I think, for him. So there's a lot of things that come with that, that I can see him being back at a different number, provided the way he gets to make the money back is not so, so much in a way where he's got to be mean Joe Green and a Hall of Famer to get it, if that makes sense. How about just be old school Demarcus Lawrence and get me ten sacks and you get bucks for that, you get bucks for eleven, for twelve, for thirteen, for fourteen, for Well 15. and you can start it on a way how many sacks do you have last year? Five? Five or six. Right. So you can start the incentives at one more than the sacks that he had last year. Right? And if you say, okay, yeah. if you get let's say you had six, seven sacks? There's 500 grand. Eight sacks, there's another 500 grand. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a way to structure it to where right. he can make uh, his his money back. Um, I don't think, like, a simple restructure, which is what they've done with the guys over the years, I don't think that is a possibility for DeMarcus. I don't think it's a possibility for DeMarcus because of the the age, the injury history, and and, and what that would do to the future cap. Because I think there's a misnomer out there among a lot of people with the cap and what's going to happen here in two, three years is the cap is going to, it's 208 million this year. It's not going to go up to 238 million next year. It's, it's still going to be incremental um, as they work through the lost wages of the pandemic. There's not going to be a huge jump in the cap. The way it's been explained to me from multiple agents and people from other teams that it's not going to be this, well, okay, you just need to suck it up for these two years and then in three more years from now, it's going to go back to what everybody thought it would be. That, that, that's not happening the way it's, I've been told about it. All right, Todd Archer, as always, man, we appreciate it. Enjoy the combine. 
It's Indianapolis in March, so it's where else would you rather be? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> right, All right. right now, and hopefully we'll get Jerry at the end of the week, and we'll have more stuff to talk about next week. That'll be great. Appreciate it, Sounds man. Good, brother. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is. That is our ESPN Cowboys insider, Todd Archer. Brought to you as always by Blue Star Motor Group, bluestarmotorgroup.com. As you know, look, we've been telling you about them for forever. It is superior quality, Carfax certified, pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. The best part about it is it's super easy. You have something in mind, give Deb a call, peruse their website, give her a call. They want to work on a deal for you, 817-881-4066. This is the best way to go because they have super low overhead and they have a lot of leeway to work with to make a deal happen for you. Yeah, I think the um, the thing about Blue Star Motor Group, man, why is my thing going? Can you hear that, Matt? No, I sure can't. It's just you. I'll just keep talking as I I sound crazy. It must be something Um, on your computer that's playing. Yeah, one of them damn automatic playback. Yeah, that's annoying. That I thought I had all, you know, cut out, but I have not. Um, I think the thing about it is, now that I've lost completely my train of thought, what were we talking about, man? Blue Star Motor Group and and how easy it is and how (laughs) they want everybody to win. Dude, not only do they want everybody to win, Deb is great at making deals. And I've been on the site a lot lately because... Oh, what do you, did you some, pick one out? Nah, bro, I'm just, you know, I like to peruse. And I keep trying to get away from sports cars, but I don't really think it's going to happen. They just look so and I, nice. I shouldn't even say sports cars, but, like, I like coupes. I don't like four-door cars. I prefer yeah. coupes. And, you know, Blue Star Motor Group's always got something that's tantalizing and titillating and makes me want to go, like... Do I really want to pull the trigger on that? Oh, I know. You, I so you like that 2021 BMW 8 Series M850 that they've got on there. Well, see, this is what I'm talking about. Which is a convertible. <laughs> and it's only 6,000 miles? Holy cow. Dang, that's impressive. Ah, that's the point, man. I'm trying to, I'm, you know, that's the, that's the whole thing, bro. I'm trying to figure out what I can do, what I can't do, uh, and what I want. And, uh, you know, because I'm always trying to be, you, you just, you know, cars are a tricky thing. You're always trying to find the right deal. And that's the beauty of Deb, man. They give you the right deal. They really do. And it's just a matter of which deal that you want because they're all good, which is sensational. This is interesting because I'm on the website right now and I was like, this has got to be wrong. They've got a 2018 Audi A4 2.0 TFSI Ultra Premium Package. Okay. This is a 2018 Audi. It has less than 20,000 miles on it, and they've got it at Blue Star Motor Group for under $30,000. Bro. That's insane. <laughs> uh, this is why I love Deb. Yeah. My- <laughs> you, you guys need to check in with Deb. That's a crazy good okay. deal. I'm more likely to get this 2016 um, oh, the, the white Beamer. Yeah, I saw it. That, yeah. that would be in my wheelhouse. Yeah, it would. 2016 Beamer. 36,000. It's a little more than I want, but it's only got 46,000 miles on it, which means nobody's really driven it. That's that's a Taylor Wheelhouse car right there. Yeah. So there you go. Again, they've got all these different selections that are available on their website at bluestarmotorgroup.com. Find something, give Deb a call, shoot her a text, let her know. 817-881-4066. Head on over to bluestarmotorgroup.com. And then when you get your vehicle, at some point it'll need an oil change. At some point, you'll need to get your tires messed with or a state inspection, whatever the case may be. And then you're going to drive it on over to JR at Freeway Tire Shop. You're going to pull up. You're like, hey, heard about you on the Jam Session podcast. And he'll just laugh. He'll be like, that's Jacques' car over there. 
<laughs> yeah, man. And here's the deal. Uh, JR is great. I love him. I trust him. And he's earned my business for a lifetime. And that's because, man, it's all about trust with a mechanic, bro. And with JR, man, first and first and foremost, man, you trust him to diagnose the problem with the car. That Can you just get that done? Just diagnose the problem, man. Then I trust him to use quality parts to fix whatever the problem is. He did brakes and rotors for me last week. Then, man, I trust him to give me a fair price. He ain't doing. He ain't working for free. He got a family to feed. Got a, two or three kids. And then I trust him, man, to stand behind his work. If there's ever a problem, Jared says, bring it in. I'll get you back. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that. Sometimes he'll let you drive on his spare cars if it's going to take more than a day. Oh, now uh, this is not like a rental. He's just helping you out because. This is my only car. I got to. I got to get to afford. Now this, this, you know, y- y'all got to have a special bond to do that. But you, you know, but that's on the table if need be. If you need to get your heart done. Okay, so you can make it happen yeah. like that too. All right. Hey man, Jr. gets it done a lot of different ways, brother. He's yeah. a great dude. He's fantastic. It's Freeway Tire Shop. They're gonna take care of you. The mechanic you can trust. We vouch for him hardcore. And again, easy to get to. Just north of downtown Dallas. Check them out online. You can schedule an appointment. You can request a quote freewaytireshop.com all right so we move forward here and a couple of things just to throw out real quick as we've been recording this podcast we yes. are we are recording this on tuesday march 1st many of you will listen to this on wednesday baseball's in trouble because it has been announced and this happened about 20 minutes ago while we were doing the podcast oh. Jeff Passan reports that the Major League Baseball Players Association have agreed unanimously not to accept baseball's final proposal. There will be no deal on a new collective bargaining agreement before the deadline that Major League Baseball has put into place. Major League Baseball is threatening to cancel not just opening day, but the first month of the season without a new deal. And it looks like at this point, because they've been they've been hammering it out and they've been working hardcore, And if they can't come to an agreement after the last couple of days, you wonder how long this might actually drag out. This is bad, bad, bad for people who love baseball because this is bad. It's bad, but um, deadlines make deals, man. And sometimes you need this type of uh, this type of thing to to even accentuate it a little bit more. Uh, And you you hope they can get it worked out. Um, But I mean. We're talking about people that can't split a, what is it, 2010? I mean, pick a billion-dollar yeah. number. I mean, it's yeah. all kind of ludicrous, man. Uh, and both both sides make, make legitimate points, but um, if they know what's good for either of them, they'll get it fixed because I don't think, again, once again, today it's just your boy. I don't think baseball is in a position where it could be like, we're going to disappear and come back, you know, whenever yeah. we feel like. Because check, check this out, baseball people. If you blow off the first month of games, you're basically into May, right? Then you got the NBA playoffs to contend with, as well as NFL mini camps. But training camp is in July, baby. And so if you don't show up for a minute, I mean, people are already, their their care level at baseball is already at an all-time low. You don't need to give them an excuse to turn yet another reason why not to pay attention to. There's so much going on. The NFL has found out how to be relevant all the way through the year. Here in March, you've got March Madness. It's going to get a lot of attention. You've got the Masters coming up in April. As you mentioned, you've got playoffs with basketball and NHL. The reality of it is, and all the streaming options for all the great high-quality television that's out there as far as shows, we talk about that all the time. If you're not going to be a part of the conversation, people will just stop talking about you. 
They're not, they're not going to, hey, whatever happened, we, we got to figure out a way. To, you've got to put yourself out there. And baseball is screwing up because this is not 1998. You, you don't have Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa about to go off on some epic home run chase. You don't have some bright young stars like you did that are going to walk in and help rescue this sport like how they were the last time they suffered this in the mid-90s. If they go away or have to miss a chunk of the season this time, there's a lot of people who, who are just done. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. Again, man, baseball is not anywhere close to being America's pastime anymore. No. You should be out there marketing your best players, marketing the game to a younger crowd, trying to figure out how to get any and every demographic involved with the game again because they don't care in general. And uh, instead, it's doing the opposite, cannibalizing itself because they can't figure out how to split, you know, $20 billion or Mm -hmm. whatever the number is. And this is really yeah, I know I said B, right? It was B yes. with a B. What an M. This is a B. Buster Olney just put out, he said, on the night that the owners locked out the players, which was December 1st, a longtime agent texted his clients with best wishes for all the holidays and whatnot and referenced June 14th as the point when the season might start. I mean, think about that. And, and Rob Manford's going to meet with the media after we get done recording, and, and he is exp- expected to cancel at least opening day, March 31st. And it's unfortunate because the Rangers made some big free agent signings this this offseason, and, and I was kind of right. looking forward to that. And, you know, I, I always enjoy baseball, but, man, this is just it's, – it's unfortunate for the sport. And if they do end up missing a chunk of time, all it's going to do is damage everything long term. And it'll just never be the same. And it never was going to be anyway because the NFL long ago took over baseball. And they do it so well with how the NFL somehow found a way to remain relevant where they pop up and that's hardcore what people want to talk about at various times throughout the year. Dude, it's uh, the NFL has mastered it. They continue to master it. And that's why pro football is uh, America's pastime. These days, I mean, all you got to do is look at uh, – what is it, the top 50 shows in America last year? 47 of them were NFL-related. Uh, it's a drama that never ends. There's great parody so that everybody thinks they have a shot, you know, deep into the season for the most part. Uh, you got the Bengals who go from worst to first and get in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's great drama, man. It's The NFL has figured this thing out, and they just ride it, man, whereas baseball used to be all of that. But, you know, baseball got so many problems, man. They can't even celebrate their greatness. You know, nobody in the Hall of Fame, one person in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a bunch of stick in the ass sport. Yeah, really, it, it's unfortunate, and they've got to figure out a way to change with the times. I mean, one of the things is the fact that they play every single day, and they have 162 games in a world in which attention spans are very, very quick. It, that mod model just doesn't work anymore because people will stop down and pay attention. And one of the great things about the NFL is if you want, you only have to pay attention to it one day a week. Now, some people right. love it and they'll do the Thursday, Sunday, Monday night thing, but a lot of people just follow their team and, and watch the game on Sunday and call it a day. They don't have to commit attention to it to watch seven things in a row, Monday through Sunday, when there's all these other types of entertainment that is now available to you, where back when baseball was in its heyday, that it didn't exist. They weren't competing with that. That's the whole thing. There are so, so, so very many options for people that that you you have you have to go solicit them, man. You can't be kicking them away. You have to. I mean, you literally have to please watch us, please, please. Mm. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's just so much competition, dog. 
And then real quick here, the other thing that I wanted to throw out, and and you had brought this up and, and sent me a screenshot of your guest, but this, the Dallas Stars announced last week that they're going to have their own Hall of Fame. The Rangers have one. Obviously, the Cowboys have the Ring of Honor. The Mavs do where they retire numbers, and, and the Stars retire numbers as well. But the Dallas Stars announced that they will start their own Dallas Stars Hall of Fame. And honorees are eligible in two categories, either a player or builder, which is executive level staff and coach. They will announce the 2022 class in August and individuals will be elected during their inaugural Hall of Fame weekend coming up next fall when the season begins in the fall of 2022. So it'll be interesting. There will be a Hall of Fame that will be located in the AT&T Rotunda at the American Airlines Center that will enshrine and honor those inducted from each Hall of Fame class. And I'll be curious. I didn't see, do you know if there's a number that they're trying to get to or if it'll just be? uh, I heard nine. Nine makes sense because... So I sent you nine names. Read off my names. What do you think? Well, nine makes sense because who wore nine? Mike Madonna. Exactly. Who's the greatest player in Stars franchise history easily. So Madonna, you've got Bill Masterson, Bob Gainey. See, and I wonder, is it going to be just Dallas Stars? Or will it will it pull in anybody who is also a North Star? Now, Gainey, obviously, I, what was... I a, think it was some North Stars, but outside of Masterson, I couldn't... I didn't know any North Stars that would be... Yeah, because Neil Broughton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, he would be on it, number 10, right? Yeah, he's the other number that's hanging up in the rafters. But anyway, so you've got Bob Gainey, who masterminded and put together the stars in the 90s. Joe Neuendijk, Darian Hatcher, Ed Belfour, Brendan Morrow, Ken Hitchcock, and Sergei Zuboff. I would take take Broughton over Hitchcock because you got one coach in there. And uh, I think Hitch would get in because the only Stanley Cup in history, he was the coach, and he took him to -to back-to-back finals. Yeah, as soon as I said that, I was like, no, I think you're right. Neuendijk <laughs> won the con. Smythe, Darian Hatcher, who was such a huge part of those great teams. Yeah, Brendan Morrow, I was going to say, would probably be the one that makes the most sense. You know, you wonder about Yari Lettinen. Would would he be oh, in Lettinen. the inaugural Lettinen class? Was, yeah, Lettinen's a guy I left off. And quite honestly, like, I don't know if there's anybody that has played since those 90s teams outside of Brendan Morrow that you look at and you think was on the level of some of the guys that played on those 90s teams. Nah, you'd say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You'd say Jamie Ben. Yeah, and, you know, like Marty the, Turco and guys like that. But, right. you know, would you put them in with the inaugural class when they're going in with guys like Madonna and Neuendijk and guys that right. have a cup that they skated with that were huge back in the day? And then Brendan Mora, who is one of the great stars of all time, obviously. Hitchcock, yeah, I think your list is probably, I bet that's almost dead on. I thought you'd be impressed by my list, bro. Yeah, it's very well done. <laughs> Man, you got to like that. So very interesting. Very, very interesting. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I think that's cool. I'm surprised more teams don't go that route. Or like, I could see the Mavs doing that. Yeah, because it's one thing to retire a number, but then it's another thing where you retire numbers, but you also have a Hall of Fame, which is what the the stars are about to do. Like, with the Mavs, maybe you don't want to retire some of the numbers, but you just have a Hall of Fame. Like, these are the best but then the guys whose right. numbers we retire are, are really because, I mean, I, look, I, I still can't believe Brad Davis's numbers retired. But whatever. Okay, let's not go there. No, but it's it's to me a a a number being retired is different than a team Hall of Fame. Right. See, team Hall of Fame, Brad Davis might make sense for whatever reason, because it's people who played a. That's that's my my thing is team Hall of Fame is 
people who had, you know, great things to do with your franchise who might not be great players. Um, number retired to me is like your best players in franchise history, Hall of Fame caliber, whether they get there or not, they're in the conversation. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, that's true. And I think maybe the Mavs should do something like that since they, they never retire numbers. Although they, you know, outside of Dirk, I don't even know who would be next. And apparently, well, see, bro, I'm not sure they've had. Remember, they stunk for about 20 years. I'm well, not that's sure true. they've had. I'm not sure they've had enough players to make up a Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Yeah, because once you got like maybe you know like the Nash and kids uh, at some point, but you know, do you retire their numbers? Are they great with the Mavs? I mean, kid won a right. title here, but he came back after he was great elsewhere. Really, right? After being drafted yeah, by was, the Mavs. He was old man kid when he got back. Yeah, it is kind of, you know, maybe Jason Terry, but even then, uh, yeah, it's interesting. They really haven't. I mean, outside of Dirk, they've had a bunch of guys who were just parts that they needed, that Dirk was the leader, and he was so much greater than all them that it was like, here's yep. the sum of our parts, and we've got this great champion that leads us. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why they haven't done it, because it doesn't make sense. It could very well be that way. All right, so there you have it. Hope everybody enjoyed this one. We're back. We'll have another episode dropping for you on Friday, rolling into the first weekend of March. So be looking forward to that, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.